It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. I'm Eric Cohn, the Deputy Editor-in-Chief Critic, joined as always by Ann Thompson, our Editor-at-Large out in Los Angeles. And Ann, last week I was saying, I, I sure hope we don't have some excuse to talk about Oscars this, this in the next episode, because we've been avoiding it so well for the last few weeks. And we kind of have another great excuse, because the 2017 Cannes Film Festival lineup is out. I've been up for hours and hours, or at least it feels like it. I guess I got a little bit of sleep last night, but I had to get up at the crack of dawn for that press conference. Better you than me. I know. Well, exactly. I mean, we were a little bit closer to the European continent to uh, to listen to it to to Thierry and Formeau. figure out the French, right? Yeah. Well, actually, they had an English translation this time, which was surprisingly um, uh, very kind of them to do, because usually, you know, you kind of have to play catch up. To pick up on things that they're letting go on Twitter, do a lot of quick research to figure out what these things are. It was a little bit easier, but you know, ultimately at the end of the day, all you're getting from the press conference is little tidbits of information, and then you know you kind of have to figure out the context as you go. In this case, we had a lot of good intel, and I think we knew a lot of things. You did very well. I mean, I, I was right about some of the movies that weren't going to ever be there and some of your hopeful indies that you were rooting for. Uh, some of the bigger things. But, that, the, but that, the expected that, auteurs did turn up and we, we got the, the, uh, the Colin Farrell, Nicole Kidman duo, The Beguiled and The Killing of a Sacred Deer from Sophia Coppola yeah, and Yorgos Lanthimos. And the, the auteurs of Sophia Coppola, Yorgos Lanthimos, or you know, Takashi Miike, I mean, the people who go to Cannes on a pretty regular basis, those films that we kind of expected would be a part of that are there. But I will say there were, there were more surprises this year than there have been in, in many years. And, and it's, um, it's really great when that happens because Cannes, as much as it's a great showcase for cinema, t- tends to be predictable and tends to, you know, kind of favor filmmakers where we, we know they're coming. We're excited to see Wonderstruck from Todd Haynes, but... The fact of the matter is, all of a sudden, there's a Netflix movie. All of a sudden, there's two Netflix movies. Well, that's notable because Thierry Frimaud has been... What's interesting about him, I think, is that he listens. So he realizes, he, as he said in the press conference, as you reported from, from the press conference, he realizes that, that people think that they're not interested in, in theatric, you know, in Netflix. And, and so they went with... But, but in this case, what they did, same thing as Amazon last year... They had auteurs that, that they wanted and people for the red carpet. I think it is, I mean, it is in the competition. It didn't have to be, but the Meyerowitz stories from Noah Baumbach, that's a pretty starry cast, and you want that group and, and on I, the red carpet. I had actually heard, I, to be honest, I had heard rumors that this movie had been in discussions for Director's Fortnite. I don't know if there was any kind of, you know, back and forth there, but sometimes that happens at Cannes. The reason why Only God Forgives wound up in... Uh, uh, official competition. You want Ryan Gosling on the red carpet. Right. It's very, right. very obvious that that's part of the 
that's absolutely part of the calculus. And of course, they want French films. You were you were predicting that there would be a different French film opening, and it's so nice to see Arnaud Desplechins get back in with Esmail's Ghost. Right. Well, there's another one that his last movie, My, My Golden Years, went to uh, director's fortnight because they wouldn't put it in competition. In this case, who knows what opening they get that night. conversation. Yeah. But yeah. Opening night and big slot, but it's a big starring movie too. Big exactly. French, it has. It has. So that helps. Yeah. 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 So, so the other one that I'm sort of interested in, and I, I, uh, this is the 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 wonky film nerd, uh, you know, side of me. I just love the idea of Michelle Hasnavicius doing the Godard. You know, I, I just well, love that. Is, I mean, this is going to be a tricky one, right? Because as it, it's not the, I mean, the the topic itself is is fascinating to people. Godard is, you know, basically in Godard, Iconic there's God. Iconic French New Wave, right? yeah. Absolutely. And this yeah, is young but, Godard. But it's not like Michel Hasnavicius is the most beloved auteur out there to handle this thing. I mean, his last movie, The Search, was basically floppy. We watched it, yep. Yeah, it's not a good movie. And then the artist... It was know, terrible because it was serious and, and earnest. You know, that's the what search, was wrong with about, it. Right. right. And the, the artist was a great homage to silent film in certain kinds of ways. You know, some and people fresh, like to be very like, interesting. But but very specific, you mm-hmm. know. It was it's so it's hard to get a sense of, you know, does does this guy have the right kind of grasp on storytelling mechanics to tell this story of a young Godard and, and this love affair he had with, with an actress? I mean it's a really specific story. So, you know, maybe opening night would have stigmatized it too much or something to that effect, or maybe they think it's really good. I mean, to have Louis Garrel doing this performance that from the teaser to the top there seems very convincing. He looks very, very appropriate. I hear he's great in it. And, and, uh, and, and of course, uh, Bernice Bejeau is, is in there too. Um, and, 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 and then we have Rodin from Jacques Doyon. I think it must be Doyon, um, which, which is, is the last year's best actor winner, Vincent Landon, who, who uh, is going to play the sculptor. Uh, so that's, that's an interesting one. And, and a Cohen medium, medium. Sort that he has with uh, uh, Camille Claudel, as, as I understand it. Though it sounds a little sleepy to me. I hope it's, I hope it's a good one. It's just really hard for me to. Are get you grasp. familiar with this particular filmmaker, particularly? I mean, not not particularly. Me neither. So it's hard. It's hard to tell. I mean, it's been a while since he's been in competition, but you know, he's he's certainly respected enough where it's not a shock that he he got in there. So. You know, Love Battles, I believe that was in Director's Fortnite. That was sort of a nice surprise, but it wasn't anything next level either. So it's really hard to tell with something like that. You know, is it a wild bunch play? You know, they get a certain number of movies that they can get into competition. They have seven yeah. films this year. I went to their website and counted. So that's typical of them to have to they, have quite a few films. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas Weinstein Company gets one. Only one. So Focus Features has one, which is The Beguiled. Sony Pictures Classics has one, which is Happy End, the Michael Haneke with Isabelle Huppert, who has two films. You were predicting that the Hong Sang Soo would be the other one, and it's this, I mean, well, are they both? No, How did it they're work? Both, they're they're, they're both, both there. in? The, but, but Claire's camera, which is the one with Isabelle Huppert, is not in competition. Right. The right. other one, which I think most of us didn't even know existed, right. is the one that made it into competition the day after. But Hong Sang Soo cranked him out. He had a movie in the Berlinale this year. They're very predictable. I think they're charming. And I think the Huppert one is, is the more interesting one to watch because 
she has such cinematic weight just as a, as a face, as a character, right. and speaks, doesn't speak, you know, Korean. So she she kind of changes up the experience of a Hong Sang Soo movie in a way. So, but seeing them both together, I think, will instigate a lot of conversations about this filmmaker who is, you know, well liked, but also in some ways not appreciated outside of the insular cinephile world. So I think there's maybe a good opportunity there. Um, I've heard that. Uh, the, there's some good range of options among the A24 titles. There's four there. They have Killing a Sacred Deer in competition alongside the Safdie Brothers movie, Good Time, which has Robert Pattinson in it. And Safdie's, you know, these guys have been kind of steadily making their way into the can arena for the past decade. The Pleasure of Being Robbed, going to direct as Fortnite. Not a movie that a ton of people saw and talked about. You know, it was more, they're more kind of the kind of South by Southwest, scrappy, micro-budget types. But they've steadily expanded to something more than that. Heaven knows what being a great example of that. So I think Good Time could be a serious, serious breakout for these guys. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that one. But, you know, the, the thing about the competition at Cannes is that it's really hard to get a grasp on, you know, what is going to be the movie, right? I mean, Son of Saul was not something on our predictive list. No, that was a first-time filmmaker, first and it was a big deal. Exactly. I remember at that press conference the way that – Thierry Fouimeau talked about it as this is this extraordinary thing. You know, it was a discovery for them. So we had no way, but but right. we all went to see it because it could we could tell that he had been uh, pretty impressed with it. Yeah, he worked with Bellatar at one point. There were certain kind of signals. Yeah, him. yeah. Well, yeah, what would be exactly. the what would be the unknown? Uh, I mean, I'm not familiar so much with. Um, there's a Ukrainian film. I do know that filmmaker, Lognitsa. And then there's Andrei's Vyagintsev, Loveless. He's new to me. Um, well, he directed uh, uh, Leviathan. Oh, Leviathan was, I loved. I right, remember that, that, was, that being... Was, uh, and, and, it was and I've met him. Oscar. I just don't remember yeah, that, his name. His name didn't stand out in your head. It's not an easy name to remember, but he's also a filmmaker who, even with that movie, though a lot of people liked it and even got an Oscar nomination and all that kind of stuff, it wasn't something that crossed over and became you know, a sensation. Maybe if it had won the Palme d'Or, which I know, you know it came close to. Some jurors really were supportive of it. Apparently, Loveless was done sort of last minute. We heard that they saw it very close to it making It was also the raised, it was raised, uh, the film, the money was raised independently. It wasn't um, sanctioned and supported by the Russian government. So that was an unusual, it's Wild Bunch. It's another, it's, a, it's another Wild Bunch. Exactly. So, you know, there's a lot of reasons why, it, you know, it's, you would expect something like that it would be there. Sergei Loznitsa, the other Russian filmmaker in competition. And, I think and he's has Ukrainian. Yeah. Ukrainian, same, same part of the world. But, you know, he's been there before. So these are not filmmakers where it's sort of a shock, you know, to see right. their names. And the I think three that, women you know, who are in the competition are all women who have been in it before. So you have Sophia exactly. Coppola, Naomi Kawase, and, and, and the, the third one would be Lynn Ramsey. That's a movie I want right. to see. Can't wait to see a Lim Ramsey movie. I mean, it's with it's with hard to Wa- say. Joaquin Phoenix. What a combination! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I have to tell you, I'm excited for Cornel Mondrusco's film. He's the Hungarian filmmaker who made that movie White God a few years ago. Oh, I love that film. City. Isn't that cool? I mean, he, and he's back, so you know, there's there's something to that. Jupiter's Moon, it's called. Um, and and White God also won in a certain regard. So that's a filmmaker where he's on this very clear path. You kind of graduate to competition. That's right. So it's like 
the new class of sorts. I mean, some people are very cynical about playing that game. I kind of love it. I love the idea. It was the Safties, too, graduating to competition. You know, it's, there's a clear trajectory. You make a movie that's on a certain level after a certain kind of gestation. Uh, Bong Joon-ho, last time he was at Cannes was 2009 with Mother, and that was in a certain regard, too. So this is a competition which is, it's got some familiar ingredients, but it's a lot of people we haven't seen in a while. I you haven't know, seen, like, we haven't seen Fatih Akin in a while. Now, he's the German filmmaker who, who actually um, comes from Turkey. You just Turkey, saw another one of his films. And I movies. saw another one of his film, films when I was in Guadalajara, which never made it to the States. Totally cool movie. Um, the title of which I always forget. Um, um, it's like <laughs> it's Splits or something. It's it's this weird yeah, yeah. word. Um, uh uh, but anyway, he he's always interesting. I'm, I, that was one of the more commercial movies he'd ever made. Um, and then you have um, Francois Ozon with La Amant Double, or however you say. It. I'm sure you could do it better than me. But um, it's supposed to be a very erotic movie from a filmmaker who does. You know, his last movie, Young and Beautiful, in competition was was like that too. But then Franz, which came out last fall and did not play at Cannes, was a much more kind of elegant black and white period piece. So he, you know, he's been vocally saying he wants to go back to something that's more, you know, overtly sexual. So What's we'll see how that works. Yeah, no, I'm interested. Obviously, um, one of the things that's that's interesting too. I mean, it's not that they haven't had gay filmmakers in in competition before, but you do have openly gay uh, Todd Haynes, Francois uh, Ozon, and then in the midnight you have uh, Mitchell, John Cameron Mitchell's uh, How to Talk to Girls at Parties, and then you have at the on the head of the jury uh, Pedro Almodovar. So that's an interesting element this year. Cue the think pieces. Gay people rule can. You know, it's, <laughs> it's not it's, there yet, but it's it's, just, it's there's a flavor. Like, there's a flavor. You never know how these things. Spiral out are going to spiral out of control. I mean, this is the festival where there's so much intense scrutiny of everything. You know, an usher tells a woman she can't go in on heels and it becomes an international news story. That's how fragile all this stuff is. You say the wrong thing at a press conference, you're persona non grata. So, you know, what is going to be the scandal next year, this year? What is going to be the big story? I do think it's unfortunate that there's only three women directors. They are very cognizant of the fact that you can tell they bend will, over backwards to try now, but. They still, they still aren't there yet, and, and, and they've got, again, they've got a bunch of women in Saratown Regard, which is what they tend to do. Yeah. And, and then I'm sure there'll be more in, in Directors Fortnite. But the other, uh, you started off talking about the Oscars, which in, it's going to be interesting. Uh, Nicole Kidman has four movies, because she's also, they've also gone to TV. If you count Top of the League. They've, yeah. they're, they've gone to TV, so um, we're talking three movies and one uh, uh, preview of but that, but Top it, of the it, You're saying if one of those Auteur Jane Campion. So I think, yeah. I, ha I find it hard to imagine that how to talk with girls at parties is, a, is an Oscar contender, but we, I'm, I'd, I'm curious about the Beguiled. It's a question of how big her part is, um, and then, because I know the Kristen yeah, Dunst has I mean, a big part. It seems part. to me like... Uh, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but if she has all of these movies going on and one of them is, is a real awards player, then the other ones only help kind of elevate That's her correct. profile. 
But she's she's also gotten this huge boost uh, just in terms of sort of awareness of her being hot, if you like, uh, from Big Little Lies on television, which where she's being talked about for an Emmy. So um, she's she's really doing very uh, she's she's in she's having a moment, as they say. Maybe the killing of a sacred deer. Although I have to assume, judging from the way both she and Colin have been describing it that it's even weirder than the lobster was. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be really effed up in an awesome way, and I can't wait, but I'm not expecting it to be you know, uniformly satisfying to everybody, which is great. Which but is great. the Haneke yeah, could I, be for Isabel. That could be a, a, a role uh, where yeah. she could come back. She's a very reliable person, and, 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 and she's very dependable in terms of what she does, so it's kind of a perfect match in that respect. What do you but know about Okja? I want to know more about that one. Okja? Yeah, I mean, it's so you know, Bong Joon Ho is an interesting filmmaker in that he's a genre director, but he's got a very specific, beautiful kind visual of sensibility. Style. Yeah, yeah, which which opens him up to more people. At the same time, you know, his stories can go in so many weird directions that you never know how much that balance is going to stay. I mean, Snowpiercer didn't work for everybody. I loved and, uh, it. I loved it. It's, I thought it was a super cool movie, but it, but it is. It is all over the place. It's very hard to describe. It's an action movie. It's kind of a dystopian thriller. It has comedy elements, of which Tilda Swinton yeah. definitely was a part. So so she's in it now. I, I believe she is kind of like this evil corporate executive of sorts and takes an interest in some kind of a sci-fi creature who protects a young girl. So it's got that E.T. child relationship to some kind of otherworldly being Ooh. thing going for it. Um, but you know, it's, it's really hard to tell. I mean, it's, it's just, I, I hope it's strong. I, he's very reliable. I think there's going to be a lot going on in the movie, whether or not it works for everybody. But, uh, again, I mean, I think it's, if it was good, if it's just good enough, Bong Joon-ho is the kind of filmmaker they would, they would want him in competition. Well, they the issue have... is whether these movies from Netflix actually get theatrical release. They, they, they can't be eligible for the Oscars unless they play in theaters. And they've gone out and said specifically that the Mayerwitz story story is not going to be in theaters. And then you heard from Fermo that he was hinting that there might be theatrical. Well, this is what this is what Fermo said at the press conference. He said, "I believe there is a distributor trying to get the film into theaters, but I won't say anything more about that." So oh, maybe please! But the but the Netflix people they they specifically made went out of their way to say it is not going in theaters, right. and that may right. be because Adam Sandler doesn't want it to be there. But you know what I. I don't believe what any of these people say about anything these days because <laughs> can I mean I Terry told me explicitly we're not we don't show TV you know he said we need to create another festival for that and then can the city of Cannes But it was because Jane Campion he can't resist and he can't resist David Lynch either these are Cannes icons both of them so he's not going to let them go somewhere else it's almost like he broke his own rule in order to accommodate the the auteurs well, they that he wants Right, but the question is, they weren't going to go somewhere else. They they could have just not done festivals. I mean, they, well, the date on the David Lynch is so obviously they... timed for Cannes. I suspected this would happen. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's going to screen at the same May time. May twenty one, but it's, it's is still, the it's opening still very premiere. Different. I mean, you think about it, Lynch has said in interviews that Twin Peaks is like an 18-hour movie or whatever. He's not going to show 18 hours. He's going to show like two episodes. So it's a fundamentally different context for Cannes to preview 
episodes of something rather than showing the full package. Well, and Tribeca's doing the same thing. Toronto's doing the same thing. All the other festivals, South by, exactly. But um, the, and and Tribeca's the one coming up, and they have a whole bunch of TV stuff. I mean, they're going to show Handmaid's Tale and Genius and... Even unbreakable <laughs> Kimmy Schmidt, you know, which why don't right. I, th- there's no right. reason to a, do that except to get audiences in. But but the Cannes Film Festival really is sort of the last holdout. I mean, yes. to me, it's like, last week we were talking about this how sort of the Academy and Cannes are very similar in the sense that they have yes. this very precise definition of cinema. I feel like Cannes acknowledging TV episodes in a festival context signals some kind of shift. They cannot go back. From this and say it's a one-time it's deal. Only, I think it's. I, I really do think that they're looking at the auteurs and what work they're doing, as opposed to we're welcoming TV. There is a difference. Right. So I in suspect theory, it'll be another case of another auteur. You know, if Martin Scorsese directs some incredible pilot again, they they would show it or something like that. Yeah, but what did they show? Boardwalk Empire or, or the they, or vinyl? They or had something. shown some HBO shows. They they showed the. They, had uh, the camp, they did probably. Steven Soderbergh again. It's the same principle. That was a movie. That, that was, was self, that, that was, was a TV more. movie though. It was HBO. It was it was the uh, Liberace biopic. With but that's fundamentally different and Michael in Douglas. Ways, right? I mean, it, it's it's it was a feature. And they showed experience. some other HBO thing with them. I I forgot now. Uh, Angelica there, Houston. There's a, yeah, or you could say in other ways that it that it's, they've been building up to this moment for a long time. But I think that it's going to be fascinating to see how it plays out. But they and, haven't created you know, the like a time. TV section or something like that. That's not, not yet, happening. Not yet. Yeah. I mean, they they they're very fast and loose with this stuff, though. I mean. They, there are 18 films in competition, and they, they kind of hinted they might add some more. I mean, they can, they can futz around with stuff however they want. There's so much flexibility in terms of how this festival is programmed. It's just a question of what sort of standards they want to convey uh, in terms of how they're defining quality and, and pushing for the perception of this being the greatest festival in the world. And well, we're excited. The- we're excited. but we'll, And we will be there with Bells on. Oh, by the way, the other movie I hear might be finished in time to, to, to finally get in would be um, the Mustang director's film about L.A. Right, the, Tur- the Turkish director's Ergevin, first thing. Yeah. Which, will, which is yeah. called I mean, Kings, I think, with Halle Berry. Yeah. Fromo also hinted at some Chinese movie that they might be adding. I know a lot of people were starting to think after that Detroit trailer dropped that um, that, that would be ready in time, but that doesn't seems sound unlikely. like it. Yeah, seems unlikely. Although and you know, War Machine, the other Netflix movie from David Michaud, which who would be the kind of auteur that would be right. coming back He's to Cannes, yeah. you know, that would work. But um, apparently, one of the reasons again, the red carpet does dictate these things. If right. Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt isn't available. End of story. Well, think about what would happen to the poor guy on the red carpet. Everybody would be asking him about his divorce. I mean, uh-huh. how do you avoid Or it? his affair on the set of, 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 of yeah. Allied with Marion Cotillard, which probably didn't are. happen, but people would ask right. him. Right? Well, there, there are different stories out there. I mean, as annoying as the American press are, you know, TMZ and the like, the, the European press, when it comes to hounding celebrities, are shameless. I mean, it's just... It can be so brutal for these people to if, if they have something going on and they say the wrong thing and the reverberations are immediate and global. I mean, it, it sounds terrifying to me, so who knows? But uh, 
I mean, well, war this is not the time when he wants to be, you know, in front of the global press. I can see that. Um, and then Marion Cotillard, who's obviously been nominated twice for Two Days, One Night, and La Vie en Rose, which she won the Oscar for. Mm-hmm. Do you think she has a big enough role in Ishmael's Ghosts? Do you, do you have any no- idea how big it's, it's a really it hard is? to say. I it's mean, with it, Charlotte Gainsbourg. I, and I think it would be unlikely for her not to at this stage in her career. I mean, the only time I've seen her in a movie really not have a prominent role in the last few years is when she works with her husband when he directs her because, you know, they're just her parents. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a little different. So I would assume so. But Dave Pushen's films are usually not big crossover commercial movies. No, they're pretty Certainly artful. Yeah. So, yeah, he's never so done I, a real a real commercial except for that. Yeah. The one that was the most accessible was probably The Christmas Tale with with right. Catherine Deneuve and and Almarique and all those people. Right. Who, who, so Almarique has a film in the in the competition. In, uh it's in in certain regards. Oh, it's in a certain it's, regard. Where he's been before, so Barbara, yeah, that's his. Too. Yeah, so, hard to tell. He's a, he's. And Kante has a film called L'Atelier in in right. regard as well. And he won uh, the Palm just a couple of years ago. So, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff in in a certain regard where it certainly could be quite strong. It's just really hard to tell. I like the Iranian filmmaker Mohammad Rasulov, who makes these really uh, intense kind of thrillers about oppression in Iran, and he's got a film called Dregs, which we know very little about and seems to have been in the works for a really long period of time. And you, know, you see these names like Michel Franco, for example, and, and it's like, yeah, you know, there could be something to this one, but you just, you kind of have to wait and see with those sort of things. And, Do you and end up of- seeing, I mean, if, at least in my experience, I tend to favor the competition and the fortnight over Uncertain Regard. There's something, there's something about Uncertain Regard which is like, it's it's just the B tier, you know. Somehow. Well, I mean, the, the the there's an industrial reason for that, which is that you know people who are angling to be in the official competition do not want to be in Uncertain Regard, you know. But if you get a first time filmmaker in there, it can it can provide an amazing platform. And you do see movies like Stranger by the Lake that really break out. There, so it's. I do. I it's sort of a wait and see kind of approach. Where was Hell or High Water? Hell or High Water was in a certain yeah, regard. That's what I thought, and and I think they put. Uh, Wind River was it? When it he wrote this year, it. of course. No, I knew that, but but um, that is an interesting one because that's the only Weinstein movie, and I saw it at Sundance, and it's uh, very stylish, but it's 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 a genre western, and as good as Jeremy okay. Renner is, it doesn't, it's going to open yeah. in August, I don't think it's an Oscar yeah. movie. It's it's okay, but it's an American genre picture, right. you think about the way that, you know, as a critic, some critics will get into that, I suppose, but it's not, it's it's sort of a wasted slot, in my it's opinion. It's not elevated it's, by, it's probably a, a favorite of the Weinsteins, it's not, right. it's not elevated the way uh, Hell or High Water was by the director. And it's his first film. I mean, give the guy a break. He's learning how to do it, you know. So one can regular who is not in this year's lineup because his movie opens this week is James Gray. And before we run out of time today, I feel like we need to dig into The Lost City of Z because I think when I saw it last fall as a closing night in New York Film Festival, you hadn't seen it yet. And you saw it recently. And my sense is that we don't quite see eye to eye on this one, which, you know, I have to say is... Here's my, here's, here's, it's a solid movie. There's, this is not, James Gray is a filmmaker that I respect and 
um, have admired in, in some of his more uh, visceral efforts. Um, and, and I just feel that um, this film suffers from the same thing um, that plagued uh, his, his last one. And that is a kind of lack of tension, of, of, of a sort of flatness. Um, this is an exciting story. This is uh, a story of, of an adventurer. In the, and I happen to have read the book also, so I know what the original material is, which may have uh, hurt hurt the, my approach to the film a little bit because it's it's extremely dramatic <laughs> material. I mean, the, why is this British guy, you know, played played by uh, Charlie Hunnam. Charlie Hunnam? Why is he uh, forging? You know, how what is it about him that makes him able to survive the rigors that of of this jungle, the the extraordinary yeah, insects, the, all the crap that he has to deal with. Why is okay, he able is to deal with it? But that's the story. Thing, but I mean, that's not what this ways, is about. I, he doesn't I, explore but that. I think it, no, I think that's what makes it an interesting movie. It's it's, it's it, that question is exactly why it's compelling. I mean, it's this is a this was a real life guy, and James Gray's movies tend to explore kind of this disconnect that people feel from the reality of their lives and kind of, you know, the, these other kinds of things as kind of psychological elements of their lives. Like Two Lovers, I think, is a great example of that. And in many ways, on the surface, because I've it's kind of an old-fashioned... Two Lovers, by the, way, by the way. Yeah, no, I mean, it, he's made some cool movies. I think this one is a nice sort of throwback, and yet at the same time, it's not a throwback because it's sort of a psychological portrait of this guy who is so reckless in his need to continue to go back to the Amazon to find this thing that may or may not exist that it destroys his whole life, including his you know marriage suffers with, with Sienna Miller, who I think actually does a very good job as, as it's his It's the wife best performance that she's given, I think, in her entire career. I and it's I have not time, I yeah. have not been um, an enormous fan of hers. And and part of it is that she just gets these thankless uh, right. you know, He's supporting women roles. Yeah. And that's and this is another one, I might add. I mean, it how is, many times do you role. play it is a that role? But she but she does something I think really compelling with it, which is she she is a reminder in some ways that the movie is not about uh, this British explorer uh, and why he's motivated to do this so much as the reverberations of that obsession and and the way in which the movie gets inside of that while also looking very you know transparently like an old-fashioned adventure movie I think is a fascinating duality and, and I was wrestling with that the same way you did when you were watching the movie and I think what makes Gray a strong filmmaker is that he doesn't resolve that tension. Why is he doing this? But at the same time, it's so cool to watch. The settings are interesting. It's shot in 35 millimeter film. So my feeling is go see this thing because it's it's a cool cinematic experience. It's worth seeing on the big screen. It's got some strong performances, and you know it's probably the most commercial movie Gray's made. So it may know, be. I hope it does well. Uh, I hope he moves on to to, to more exciting. Fair. I mean, the the I would send audiences to um, embrace of the serpent. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. I, I, I mean, really, this this just doesn't it just doesn't feel like you're really. I don't know how to. I, I it just doesn't feel like you're really there. It feels it feels distant from what it's showing us. It doesn't engage the audience inside the uh, man's brain or inside his emotions or inside the experiences that he's having. I actually liked Robert Pattinson very much. I would have liked to have, for him to have had more 
more to do. No, he's good. He's he's buried in the role a little bit, and I, and I, but I but I I don't know if I agree. I mean, I think there's something fundamentally different between like the kind of things that we see in, in you know kind of Hollywood commercial storytelling and a James Gray movie that it's it kind of resists the most satisfying things that you're discussing. The guy is an enigma. The movie is sometimes emotionally remote, but yes, then it comes back it with something that is emotional, which I think is the bond between the father and the son, the, the troubled marriage and so forth. There are some really uh, effective ingredients. In any case, I have not seen The Fate of the Furious yet. It's the worst like of the of the group. The world, right? It's the worst. I mean, it's just, but that's, it's it like, is I so bad that I was upset by it. That. Without knowing if Fate of Furious is good, except what you're telling me, I would take it over and take Lost City and Z over that. But of course, there's no comparison. I mean, this this so, is a, so I just, I this feel just like isn't this as visceral as it should be. Fate of the Furious is 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 mindless, and and I believe that they've jumped the shark. They they have they have really abandoned this family of people that the characters we know and there are fits and starts of, of seeing those people in the movie and you go, yes, yes, that's what I want. I want to be with them. And then you're back in this mindless action film. Well, I will have to go see it this weekend and let you know if I agree. In any case, next week you'll actually be here because you'll be here for the Tribeca Film Festival as a member of the prestigious documentary jury. So while you won't be able to talk about that, we can certainly dig into that lineup as our, as my quest to avoid talking about Oscar season continues, so we'll see how that goes. Until okay, then, Eric, man. see you then. Safe travels. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.